Talk Live. I'm your host, Jeff Deverter. Now here at Cloud Talk, we strive to help decode the ever-changing world of technology to help you apply it to your business so that hopefully you'll have one more tool in your arsenal to help you improve your business and those around you. Now this recording is from our Cloud Talk Live event, which happens almost every Tuesday and Thursday at 8.30 a.m. Central Time on the Rackspace LinkedIn, YouTube, and Twitter accounts. Be sure to come and watch us there and join the conversation live with us in real time. Your participation helps drive the conversation. Now, let's get on with today's show. Oh, yes, ladies and gentlemen, we are back for another Cloud Talk Live. My name is Jeff Deverter, and I'm the Chief Technology Evangelist over here at Rackspace Technology. And I am so glad that you guys are with us today. All right, you know the routine, folks. I want you to introduce yourself, join the conversation, and holy cow, do we have a good one for you today. So you're going to want to make sure you stick around. You want to notify your friends. If anyone is remotely interested in cybersecurity, you're going to want to be a part of this one. All right. If you want to get a hold of us, talk about content, you want to tell us great things, you may even want to complain, send an email over to solve at rackspace.com. That comes directly to me. It comes to the whole production team that we have over here. Daniel, Megan, the whole crew will get it. All right. Well, with that, ladies and gentlemen, um, let's let's move on with the show. And of course, it always starts with this week in cloud. Now, uh, let's start with the news. And the news is, boom, there we are. Hey, there is uh, an, an interesting article over on Tech Republic, and it is seven obstacles that organizations face when migrating legacy data out to the cloud. Now, I don't tell you about this just because it's fun to go look at the pain that people have with legacy data, because we all have legacy data that we've got to figure out. Hey, Dinesh is here. Glad you're here. Uh, hey, we have Luis uh, from San Antonio. I'm in San Antonio. Let's go get tacos. Uh, Germany is here today. Glad that you're here as well. Keep introducing yourselves, folks. Mark Miller, my guest, is going to want to know all of your names. He'll memorize them too. Um, but if you go through and look at this article, and of course, it's all available over on the show notes website at uh, rackspace.com slash solve slash 85. This is the 85th episode. Isn't that great? Tracy's here from DFW. Glad you're here. So here's some of those concerns. Uh, concerns about, about um, uh, data regulation, worries about infrastructure and security, uh, uncertain about budget requirements. I mean, Folks, these are the things that are easy to solve for, but they're also those things that slow companies down. They create inertia. And there are so many companies out there that can help you figure this out. Um, you can just poke around on LinkedIn. Somebody can help you out. Hey, we've got um, uh, a nurse here. Awesome. Gert, my good friend Gert is here. Gert was on the Rackspace kickoff. All company, his, his image is there. That was fantastic. All right, Dell is actually also announcing some new stuff this week. That's right, uh, Dell, a huge partner of Rackspace. Uh, they've got some uh, multi-cloud capabilities uh, here that they are talking about. Look, there's Mark Miller in the chat. He's going to be on stage here shortly. Everybody, go friend Mark Miller right now over on LinkedIn. He is. Uh, you can find his link over on the show notes page. All right, but, uh, but Dell's solution is a way to on-demand get uh, uh, storage for use as backup, for use as, as um, 
connecting into multi-cloud-based solutions. It's a service called Apex. Go check that out over at Dell. You can find a link specifically to this article and also back into Dell from the show notes website. Very cool. All right. Well, with that, let's uh, push that button right there. Let's push that button right there. And now we're on to the cloud releases. This is what's new from those providers, our, our favorite hyperscale providers this week and what they're, uh, they've uh, released. Now, let's start with uh, over at Amazon CloudWatch. Uh, now, uh, Application Insights adds service monitoring for it. Now, I added this one specifically because Mark is here. You'll understand why shortly. Um, but uh, they've got monitoring now for Microsoft Active Directory, as well as our good friend SharePoint. That's right. People are still running SharePoint servers, even with Microsoft Office 365. Who knew? Live and well. So uh, if you want to add, uh, if you've got those servers running inside of your AWS environment, now you can monitor them with CloudWatch. Also from the, uh, let's see, we're now we're moving over to Azure General Availability. Uh, Azure IoT Edge tools for Visual Studio extensions now support Visual Studio 2022. Huzzah. You can now code, uh, build and deploy and simulate and debug your IoT Edge solutions in Visual Studio 2022. I'm telling you guys, this is the year of Edge. Ooh, and the security issues that might create. Marks might have an opinion on that when he joins us shortly. All right, last bit of update. Cloud updates from our friends at Google. Um, now their workflows are certified as SOC Type 1 compliant. All right, that's huge because so many business workflows and application workflows uh, are tied to businesses that have to be able to maintain this. So good on you over there at Google and Google Cloud. Guys, all of this information is available over at rackspace.com slash solve slash 85. Now, if you're afraid you're going to go to a Rackspace website and get peppered with information, a little pop-up come up and try to get you to chat. Uh, somebody wants your email. None of that occurs on the Solve website. The Solve website is all about our thought leadership. It's just us sharing information. It was a stipulation I had as we created all of this. So we're, we're not selling there. We're just providing information, hopefully to make your day, your technology world a little bit better. So head over there and get all of the notes from this episode. Now, folks, that takes us on to the Rackspace job of the day. Uh, and, you know, we've been we've been doing this now for about a, a week and a half, almost two weeks, and telling you about some of the latest jobs. We really do try. Hey, Clark Kent's here. Glad you're here, Clark. Uh, we really do try not to pitch too much Rackspace stuff. But these are some great jobs that, and I'd love for you to come work with me because we could have a lot of fun and then you could be on the program too. Hey, uh, Google Senior Product Manager uh, is the job today. So Rackspace uh, Managed Public Clouds looking for a product manager to own and rapidly evolve our services and support portfolio for our managed Google Cloud solution. Guys, this is a pretty cool product manager role in some amazing tech. So if you're interested in checking that out, of course, go over to rackspace.com slash solve slash 85. And, uh, and you can find that over there. Now, one of the things as I, you know, is new this year is we are releasing the audio from these events in the cloud talk channel, but you've got to go over and subscribe to that podcast. You can find it anywhere. Podcasts are found. So feel free to, uh, to go subscribe there if you want to catch up on this. And, uh, and this episode may even be showing up on my good friend, Mark Miller's uh, own podcast series. So, hey, look, here's my friend. So, guys, Mark Miller and I go back quite literally a, a, over a decade. I'm guessing, 
well, he'll get on here in a minute in, uh, and help validate this, but it was probably in the 20, 2010, 2009 when, um, uh, when he, uh, when he and I first met back in our SharePoint days. So, so why don't we bring Mark on up onto the stage here and uh, Mark, welcome to Cloud Talk Live. Thank you, Jeff. Really good to see you. So good to see you. So what was it? 2009, 2010? It was a long time ago. Some SharePoint conference somewhere. It was a SharePoint conference in Vegas, where it always was. Where it always was, <laughs> uh, and and uh, and what a time that was. So um, you know, you and I did the whole uh, the the SharePoint conference, the SharePoint Saturdays. Uh, yeah. You know, one of the things that that um, that the SharePoint that was so unique about SharePoint is the community of people that that rallied around it from people who made careers of that to people who you know really just went to those events and learned and it really just was about sharing what's your experience back then i was able i wouldn't say to take advantage of it but i recognized there was a hole in the market when it came to end users using sharepoint yeah. i think microsoft actually oversold the solution as a user managed solution when they first pushed it out yeah. And when you got there, there wasn't really anything, any documentation, any training, anything for end users. Right. So on a whim, I set up the site called End User SharePoint, and it turned out to be the center of the end user community for about five years. Right. Right. Well, you know, uh, we, we did the rounds. We went to all the Microsoft conferences, all the SharePoint sure. Saturdays. You traveled the world uh, helping people uh, tell you had to learn about how to actually use SharePoint. And it was the sharing the point tour tours because there was multiple ones. Tell us there about was that. Three tours. I mean, I don't want to leave anybody out here. So I'm just, just saying we, we put a group together called sharing the point, uh, yeah. Joel and Michael and, and Paul and John Anderson, when he was still with us, yep. um, Dan Holm came on one. We actually did uh, the first one, I think, was um, Southeast Asia. Okay. Uh, Joel and I were co uh, uh, keynoting the SharePoint conference in uh, Australia and Sydney one week and then in New Zealand the next week. So in between, we ran up to Beijing. We went down to uh, Ho Chi Minh City and then to Manila. So we did a whole tour to meet the communities there. Yeah. And then we did one in South America and Antarctica the following year. And then we did one in um, Africa, which culminated in climbing Mount Kilimanjaro and then spending a couple of days in Zanzibar decompressing. <laughs> you know, when, when, when you find a technology that you think can take you places, Top of Kilimanjaro usually isn't what you think of first. Yeah, the, think top of the, free, the highest freestanding mountain in the world. Yeah, SharePoint got me there. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, as you talk about going out, now you've, you've, you saw a hole in the market. You saw uh, an opportunity to come in, but ultimately it was an opportunity wrapped around helping individuals. And, uh, you know, if, if, if anybody's meandered over to your LinkedIn page, you've got You've got a very interesting phrase there that I think defines you very well. Why don't you tell us what that is? You know, the phrase that you're referring to is um, take responsibility Mm -hmm. and then give credit. And I really do believe that. And that was the foundation of my career, that whenever I could get a, a big platform like you have here, yeah. The platform isn't, wasn't for me. End user SharePoint wasn't for me. It was to give a place where people like Mark Anderson 
Like there was a whole bunch of people developing simple SharePoint solutions for the end user, and they could use my platform in order to push those solutions. You know, cut and paste web parts. Yeah, the yeah. geeks were saying, "What the hell good is that? Nobody needs that." And, and right. you just point to them and say, "You know that weather magnet there, and that just got downloaded ten thousand times yesterday." <laughs> so it's recognizing that the technology isn't for the technologists. It's for the users of the technology. That's right. That's right. Now you 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 took that whole ethos, and uh, you're you're not still in SharePoint on a day to day basis. We get to reminisce about it, and we get to we get to look at uh, the the ten year memories on Facebook of being in you know Antarctica with penguins hanging out. But um, but you 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 then moved into a DevOpsy sort of a of a world, and I want to I want to follow yeah. this career just for a second or two and get us to where you are today. Yeah, the DevSecOps thing came about, uh, let's see, that was with Sonatype. Before that, I was with, at a company called Global 360, yeah. who was doing business process management. And what they did is they called me in as a SharePoint evangelist and said, hey, will you help us break into this market? So Derek Weeks and Debbie Rosen and I went in and actually set up the campaigns to actually move them into the market. Yeah. Uh, from there... Uh, we all moved on in different directions, and two years later, Debbie called me and said, look, something else has come up. Uh, there's a company called Sonatype that's trying to, to get started. Will you come and take a look at it with me and see if we can put the band back together? Yeah. So I went over to Sonatype in 2014, and as I was looking at the marketplace, uh, it's the people that I was finding interesting that were in that arena were DevOps people like John <laughs> Willis and Gene Kim and Josh Corman, uh, Andrew Shea Clayfer, mm -hmm. uh, all those people. And so what I did is I started off by introducing myself to them and said, hey, I've got a podcast series, which I didn't. Classic. <laughs> 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 I interviewed the top 25 people in the DevOps space, and it moved us into the, um, the idea. I actually called that series 30 and 30 because yeah. I interviewed 30 people in 30 days just so I could get my alliances set up. Yeah. And if anybody's looking to do what I do, I think that's the thing I would talk about, Jeff, is you have to find the people that have a similar voice as yours yeah. so that you can align and work together. That's the whole thing mm -hmm. that I put behind it is who do I want to align with? Not do, who do I want to use, who do I right. want to align with? Right, because there's greater synergy there. But then you ultimately find yourself, you got rid of the dev part of DevSecOps, uh, and, and now you're living the security world. I am. I'm with Jupiter One now doing the, uh, the content creation for Jupiter One around cybersecurity. I think for me, uh, Jeff, I'm looking in general to leave a legacy. What can mm -hmm. I actually do? at the scale that I work to actually make changes in the world. And when you look at cybersecurity at this time in history, right. I think it is the place to be, literally is the place to be because everything that we do, everything that's defining us right now seems to be digital. And if we cannot secure that digital environment, we're all in trouble. And so true. In fact, uh, you just you just had a, uh, look, we guess, here's our first person from Mozambique. Look at that. Isn't that awesome? Oh, yeah. 
I love that. Uh, hey, you've got a new book out, don't you? In fact, Daniel, if you let me go full screen or widen me up here, uh, I've got a picture of it on coming from my side. Look at that. Yeah. Modern cybersecurity. Mark, tell us about modern cybersecurity. And let's not give too much away because you're going to come back on. We'll do a longer form podcast at some point. But But tell us about the book. One of the things that I like to do with books, and this is my ninth one, by the way, the Modern Cybersecurity book. Uh, the first, the ones that went really big, like the epic failures in DevSecOps. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that's a story we need to tell real quick, Jeff. Yeah, yeah. We're sitting around a bar in Singapore, just off the okay, Any story that starts with a bunch of us were sitting around a bar <laughs> in Singapore is going to be a good story. <laughs> we, we were talking about off the record stories where tell me about a project that you completely hosed <laughs> <laughs> and DJ Schleen, who was running uh, uh, IT at Aetna, I think at the time, uh, DJ turned around and said to me, you know, somebody should probably should book about that. Bingo. Bingo. So I, there's called the idea. Up, I called up nine people, DJ and I called up nine people and said, tell us your epic failure story. Now I'm just saying this in the sense that this is how I write books now. I wrote, I'm a publisher on Wiley. I'm a publisher of O'Reilly um, previously. Now I publish my own, yeah. right? And the way that I can do this is once again, Jeff, doing that community thing, find nine to 12 people that have a story to tell in the same mm -hmm. vein and let them tell their story. And that's where this book came from, the Modern Cybersecurity book. Um, when you look at it, I've got Jennifer for, who runs Target. I mean, everybody knows who Target is, right? She's definitely got a good story to tell about cybersecurity. Got Brian Finster at the DOD. Uh, you know, I can't read everybody off here, but it's yeah. something that I think people will want to check out because it gives a foundation of what the near future of cybersecurity is going to look like. Right. Yeah. I think the last cyber book I read was Nicole Perloff's. Uh, and I think she did an excellent job of just giving the historical context mm -hmm. of, um, of, of really where, where all of this came from and what we're looking yeah. at these days. The other one that um, I'm actually, uh, it's going to go live uh, hopefully next week on Amazon. It's called the Cyber Defense Matrix. And that was mm -hmm. created by Sunil Yu, um, who actually wrote literally created the cyber defense matrix and now he's documented in book form and that's going to be in, available on amazon very very soon incredible well there's some folks in the in the chat saying they need a copy of the book so guys uh, the link is easy to find over on that rackspace.com slash solve slash 85 you'll find a link to it there um or you can just go search mark miller i'm sure to type the name over <laughs> i'm name sure it'll show up somewhere you'll, you'll find it somewhere there is a digital version that's available for free for download. Uh, I personally like hard copies, so I, I priced it uh, uh, inexpensive on Amazon if you want a hard copy. Good, good. Well, that's the next one to get loaded onto the Kindle for me. <laughs> Excellent. Well, all right, well, let's talk cyber for a second. What scares you the most in cyber these days? You know, there's two ways to look at it, Jeff. There is the, the personal scare. <laughs> And there is the nation state scare. And that is, that's the big one for me. Uh, if you don't follow Kim Zetter, Z-E-T-T-E-R, I highly suggest that. Kim just had a new article come out uh, yesterday. Um, 
about uh, what Russia is doing for at the Ukraine, that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah, they've and they've been very busy in recent days, literally in recent days. <laughs> yeah, so if you really want the down low on that, she's got an article on Substack. She's got a, a whole setup on Substack. Check her out. Uh, I had her actually be the keynote at the, the RSA conference mm. three years ago, um, and she just knocked it out of the park. I love I love talking with her. Um, so the nation state thing is scary because we have the ability not just for the national infrastructure to be yeah. attacked, but you've seen it. If you haven't seen it, I don't know how you missed it. Hospitals <laughs> are being attacked. They are. Everything people, people are literally dying. Literally dying because of this for money. That's yeah. why they're doing this stuff is for money. Not the nation state attacks. That's That's just going to be cyber warfare, but we're talking about ransomware that can go in and encrypt complete police stations, hospitals, things like that. So one of the things that I am adamant about is that there has to be a way, there have to be tools that allow you as an administrator of these systems to actually visibly see what are your cyber assets? Where do they reside? How do they interact with each other? I mean, that's where we're headed in the near future. How do you get visibility into your systems? Yeah, you know, that's it's. It, we did a ton of cyber stuff on this program and, and on Cloud Talk back in October, Cyber National Cybersecurity Awareness Month. And uh, and everyone that I talk to, every article that I read, in fact, it went so far as I read an article just a few weeks ago that said in 2021, every cyber incident could have been um, thwarted should they have done the basics, have an inventory, know how their uh, environments communicate with one another, um, have appropriate segmentation, patch the systems and get rid of the old Windows boxes. If you do those things plus a few other blocking and tackling activities. I mean, you take 80% of the chance away of you, of getting of getting attacked. It's interesting you say that, Jeff. I, I talk frequently with Chris Roberts. And for those of you that don't know Chris, please look him up. I mean, he's an enjoyable human being to talk to. Chris is one of the main uh, white hats in the world. Um, he's the guy, you might remember him, he hacked the airplanes while they were flying. That was Chris. Really? <laughs> nice. So, you got to be careful with that one. That'll get you on a bad list really quick. <laughs> yeah. But one of the things Chris said to me, or I said to the public out loud, is security is simple. And so we had a head-to-head on a, a podcast to talk about that. What the hell are you talking about, Chris? If it was right. so damn simple, how come we're in the state that we are right now? So one of the things that he said is exactly what you just said. If you can get the basics, if you can get that S-bomb in place, Yep. If you can get the things that you need to see what's in your system and to see how each of those assets relate to each other to make unintended consequences. That's where I'm going for the future, Jeff, is that okay. when we're stringing all this together, when we're getting all the complexity within the system, how do you find the unintended consequences? As right. an example, um, the target breach I don't right. know if you remember that one. The, I do. Didn't it come in through the, system, uh, right? the AC system, right? The mechanical That's system. That's right. Because and people couldn't see the connection between the HVAC system right. and the point of sale systems. 
Well, and, and how about the connection between a fish tank in a casino in Vegas in the, in the, uh, the atrium and, and the trading floor or the, the betting floor? Yeah. Same yes. thing. Yeah. So how are you going to find those unintended consequences? Right. And that's one of the things I'm working on with Jupiter One right now is the idea that we need to develop tools that allow people to see what's going on in their environments. Fascinating. Yeah. If you can just, if people can get visibility into what's going on. And you talk about, I haven't heard a phrase this way, the unintended consequences. And I wonder, you know, how much does this connect back to our, to our old world when we think about SharePoint and we were about enabling those end users to just be better uh, and have the tools they needed to be successful. Now that was in the walled garden of SharePoint, but now in this modern cloud era of RPA and, and, and end users and business users being able to connect disparate systems and data streams together to create solutions, which is a great thing. Are we opening ourselves up a little bit there? Well, the, the easy answer is that's a rhetorical question, Jeff. <laughs> I was teeing you up. I was teeing you up. Just but, kidding, that's but, a softball. But it, does, but it does go back to, to the basics. Mm -hmm. And if the employees, these business users inside of their organizations are utilizing tools from IT and IT takes this mindset of knowing what they're providing access to and, and securing it correctly, then they should be safe. But it goes back to blocking and tackling, always back to blocking and tackling. I think you're right there that one of the things that will happen here is it's the Pareto principle, right? It's the 80-20. A daggum 20. Yeah. Here's the thing that's interesting, Jeff, that has, has switched and it has to do with open source. Yeah. When you and I first started, you know, back in the 90s, uh, you you wrote your own code. Sure. And so anybody that wanted to break your systems, anybody that wanted to be an adversary against your system had to know your code. Mm -hmm. And the case where we are now with open source is that if somebody can find a flaw in open source, then what they have access to is a million systems. Yes. <laughs> right? Well, and isn't that what happened in November, December this year with Log4j? That, uh, yeah, it's that. And then the one, um, let's see, SSL, remember Heartbleed? Oh, yeah. And I was oh, sitting yeah. in Boston with Josh Corman when that came about, and we were actually watching the screen as uh, watching infiltration of um, – a bank wow. through, through, I mean, that kind of thing that the idea is for adversaries. Now it's a money game and it's a numbers game. Yeah. If we can find somebody who hasn't done what you just said, Jeff, they haven't patched their systems. They're not keeping up on the latest vulnerabilities. You have to have that automated at this point, or you're already lost. You're already lost. And That's I would right. think that, you know, and I, I want to turn it to Rackspace a little bit. I know this isn't a picture of Rackspace, but one of the things that Rackspace uh, helps people do, I would think, mm -hmm. is to make sure that their cloud environments are secure. Uh, yeah. So, so from a security point of view, again, not this isn't intended to be a pitch for for right. us, but you know, security baked into anything that you're going to get from Rackspace, but. You know, that creates, in fact, this is actually good guidance for anyone who thinks about going out to the cloud and you're using a provider. They will all tell you security is baked into what we do. But you know what happens, Mark? People take those individual tools available in the cloud and create 
these nasty things called solutions, you know, those apps that they're building. Mm-hmm. And regardless of what, what security exists at those lower levels, whatever they create needs its own bubble of security around it as well. So make sure you're looking either to a discrete security provider. Rackspace, of course, has a service to provide around that, you know, um, uh, you know, sure, right. everybody does. I mean, AWS does, Google does, everybody's got that. I've got a question here, too. This is uh, another example of an unintended consequence. Let's talk about the Cap One breach. Okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. The, and the uh, this is no hit on Cap One. It's one of those unintended, invisible consequences. What had happened is that um, there was a, a public S3 bucket that was open. Accidentally, sure. And he does that stuff on purpose. No, no, you don't do that stuff on purpose, right? What had happened is the chain of assets, cyber assets leading up to that bucket, created that vulnerability. Yeah. But you couldn't see the vulnerability by looking <laughs> directly at the bucket. And so, again, that's one of the things that I learned when. When uh, Jupiter One called and asked me to work with them, I said, you know, what are you guys working on? That kind of stuff. And they showed me that kind of stuff that they can visualize unintended consequences through that relationship change. I went, holy crap, that's big. Yeah, that's huge. Well, Mark, we are coming up at the top of the hour. And I always promise these folks they can make their nine o'clock or top of the hour meetings. So uh, great conversation. I can't wait to download the book this afternoon and dig into it this weekend. I'd love to have you back to the podcast where we can dig into that book and some of the stories there uh, a little closer. And, uh, you know, it's been many years since you and I were face to face, even though we're a few states apart at the moment. It is a delight to get to see you again today. Thank you, Jeff. Thanks for you and your team for setting this up. This was fantastic. Awesome. Love to have you back. And everyone, uh, let's let's uh, go go get Mark's book. Go download it today. Let's see if we can flood uh, hit, get him on the Amazon number one uh, with everybody here. So go, go check so those much. out. You bet. Thank you can you. find that over at rackspace.com slash solve slash 85. This is episode 85 of, um, of Cloud Talk Live. And uh, we're so glad that you guys have taken the morning to be with us. Have an amazing day. Can't wait to see you again next time. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Cloud Talk Live. Now here at Cloud Talk, we strive to help decode the ever-changing world of technology to help you apply it to your business so that hopefully you'll have one more tool in your arsenal to help improve your business and those around you. Now, this was a live event, which happens almost every Tuesday and Thursday at 8.30 a.m. Central Time on the Rackspace LinkedIn, YouTube, and Twitter accounts. Be sure to watch us there and join the conversation live with us. Now, if you haven't already subscribed, I'd encourage you to do so and maybe even give us one of those five-star reviews. These episodes can be found anywhere podcasts are found. Until next time, I'm Jeff DeVerter for Cloud Talk and Cloud Talk Live.